life is not about having all the answers, but about the journey of discovering them. Martha Beck, renowned life coach, said, No part of your experience is wasted. Everything you've experienced so far is part of what you were meant to learn. Unquote. When life is messy, that's a darn good thing to remember. Stories are our lives in language. Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. I'm Lori Lee, and I'm excited for our future together of telling stories, evaluating our own stories, and lifting ourselves and others to greater places because of our control over our stories. This podcast is about empowerment and giving you, the listener, ideas to work with and making your stories work for you. Power serves you best when you know how to use it. Last week, we talked about how we make big things happen. And this week, we're going to talk bluntly about the messiness of life and how that messiness is perfectly right. When I was a really young child, I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. I couldn't picture myself doing any one thing, but I did know that someday I would meet the love of my life and we'd create a family. I had no idea then that 36 years later, I'd find my life potentially half over, my youth gone, and have three ex-husbands, two great kids, and that I'd be doing it all alone, playing provider, nurturer, home manager, video game monitor, yard maintenance woman, house repair, cook, and so on and so on. I didn't know anything about porn addicts, love affairs, emotional abuse, abandonment, betrayal, heartbreak, and utter exhaustion. Sometimes, okay, most of the time, life doesn't turn out how we expect. It's generally a lot messier. But that's just the way it is. If you're feeling picked on, you don't know enough people intimately. Life is just messy. There may be meaning in my mess, or God may just make the best of a bunch of people's various decisions, or perhaps shit just happens and we live, try to learn, and move forward. Honestly, I don't know which it is. But these are the reasons I've decided our messy stories are okay. Number one, it's okay because that's the nature of the beast. Number two, it's okay because we can learn from our mess. Number three, it's okay because from our mess, we gain empathy and understanding for other people's messes, and suddenly we're able to plug into the human condition. Number four, it's okay because Christ, through his atonement, offers us forgiveness, offers to help us carry our burdens, offers to give us strength and ability as we flex our muscles and overcome. In John 10.10, it says, I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. There is a way to erase the parts that aren't working and try again. Number five, it's okay because from chaos comes the beauty of creation. Chaos is the fuel from which the fire starts. Number six, it's okay because challenge holds an opportunity in its hand for us to become, to behave better in each struggle, to learn something. Seven, it's okay because the side trails we find along our unexpected path often hold more for us than a plan of our own making. Number eight, It's okay because with a mess comes experience and from experience comes wisdom. Number nine, it's okay because it has to be. It is what it is. 
Some of it we can control, some of it we can't. And like it or not, we're along for the ride. Sometimes we will sit up and take notes. Sometimes we will curl up in a ball. Sometimes we will dance with wild abandon. And although curling up in the ball is not the ideal place any of us want to be, it's okay to be there when we need to be there. And 10. It's okay because God designed the plan and things are playing out as he knew they would. You are in good company. The people we look up to all have messy lives. What if we looked at someone as sacred and revered as Christ? That's a jump to the top, but he is noted for living a perfect life, and yet his life is one of the most heart-wrenching of stories ever recorded. Christ created chaos wherever he went. He turned over the tables in the temple when the money changes were disrespecting the temple grounds. He turned water into wine. I'm sure that was a shock. He healed the sick, which caused people to congregate, causing their own forms of chaos as they followed him around. And what about when he healed folks on the Sabbath? The religious leaders were none too happy about that. He talked to women who were shunned in the community. He associated with sinners and cripples. He rebuked religious leaders who were too caught up in the letter of the law. He upended people's lifestyles, changing fishermen into disciples. His friends fell asleep while he asked them to watch at the most crucial time of his life. He couldn't even count on his best friends. His best friend denied knowing him three times. He was betrayed by one of those closest to him. Of course, his call to atone to die on the cross, he asked repeatedly if that cup might pass from him. That was not part of what he wanted to go through. Christ, the greatest of us all, knew intimately what a life of chaos looked and felt like. A revered personality from our time, Oprah Winfrey, billionaire, American television host, actress, producer, philanthropist, and entrepreneur. Oprah Gail Winfrey was born on January 29, 1954, to an unwed mother in Mississippi. After a troubled adolescence in a small community where male relatives and friends of her mother all sexually abused her, she moved to Nashville to live with her father. She rose above her difficult childhood of poverty and abuse to be lauded as the most influential woman of her generation. She knew what Messy was, but as she stated in an interview, that it was her ability to be real to understand real that made her the media icon that she became. I'm paraphrasing that again, of course. A national icon, Abraham Lincoln, was raised in humble beginnings. His story started to stray from his plan when his mother died when he was nine. A woman he loved in his early 20s also died before they could be married, and he was heartbroken. Eventually, he married Mary Todd, and they had four children, three of which died before they made it to adulthood. And then, if you know anything of the intense struggle Lincoln had during his political career, as he stood up against one of the most trying times in the history of the United States. His entire life was messy and filled with great loss, risk, and bravery. He had to be exhausted by the time he died. These are the heroes, the ones who rise above the mess and soldier on, the great ones who change the world. We could pick any hero, any public figure that we revere, And with even a cursory look into their past, we would find the messiness and trials of being human. We are all in good company with our messy lives. 
So let's get personal. When it comes down to it, your peace, with whatever life looks like to you, is between you and God, whatever God looks like to you. So let me tell a story. When I was a young child, my siblings and I would toboggan down the back three-quarter acre of our snow-covered alfalfa field. The hills rolled in the crystal white blanket, the sun sending a million shards of crystal glitter to blind and delight. I would pull my bright blue toboggan one slow step at a time to the top of the field where I would tumble in my bundled body ready for the thrill of the downhill. One day, a snowstorm started to blow in and my mother called us all into the house. I left my blue toboggan out in the yard and only as the wind picked up did I realize I was about to lose it forever. The fields were white and stretched for miles. Once the wind caught her, I wasn't going to see her again. I stood at our sliding glass door, still a bundled little girl, staring hard at the toboggan, willing it not to move. But the wind picked up, and so did my only sled. I prayed then, like only a child really can, and begged Heavenly Father to stop the wind. Please, I begged, I don't have another sled. I want to be able to play. Don't let me lose it. And the wind stopped. I ran outside as fast as my legs would churn, pounded across the yard and out into the field where it had blown, grabbed the rope on the front end and pulled it back and into the back door safe and sound. As I closed the door, the wind started back up in a frenzy. And suddenly, God became real to me. I know there are those who say that was a coincidence. But often the things we know spiritually are small to others, but large to us because we felt them spiritually while outsiders do not have that insight into the experience. And I know it was not a coincidence. It was the start of what has been an authentic relationship. In the years that have followed, I have been afraid of him. I have loved him. I have gotten to know him better and refuse to be afraid of him. He and I have shared jaw-dropping landscapes, views from the top of mountain peaks. We have sat next to streams and lakes, We have talked in my car, in my sleep, on my bike, and on my couch, and a hundred other places. We have cried together the tears of the broken, tears of utter sadness, tears of loneliness. We have not spoken for days and weeks at a time. He has waited on me, and I on him. I have called, and he has not answered. He has called, and I have not answered. I have pouted and demanded I be allowed to do things my own way. He's always okay with that. He's always been there to pick me up at the end, and when I find myself face down in the mud, but he's never removed the experience. We've argued over principles, discussed things that I don't think work. I've begged for help, and he's left me on my own sometimes, and other times he's instantly given help. He's warned me, directed me, comforted me, He's whispered in my waking hours to remind me that he's with me. I try to find my way around the commandments that don't make sense to me, and certainly the ones that don't seem to work. It's an ongoing, sometimes tumultuous relationship, but it's our relationship, and that's what counts. Maybe it's a little messy too, but it's all between me and him. Sometimes I felt my problems were so unfair. I mean, I really try hard to live a good life, and I, like many a God-fearing folk, have exclaimed, why me, when we were doing our best. Scott Peck said in The Road Less Traveled, 
Problems call forth our courage and our wisdom. Indeed, they create our courage and our wisdom. It is only because of problems that we grow mentally and spiritually. Unquote. Did you hear that? Mess is part of creation. Embrace it. Love your mess. Love your story. It's the only one you have. And let's not forget the whole point of this podcast. The idea is that we get to decide how we interpret, use, and accept our own messy stories. Maybe even celebrate the Pollock-style canvas of our lives. The predominant backdrop to my life story is nature. In nature, I find peace, beauty, meaning, but also a crazy messiness of death and birth, the ruthless and heartwarming, the raging wildfires and the sun-dappled meadows, the ice-encrusted mountain peaks and the blue water and white sand beaches. There are droughts and earthquakes, storms and tidal waves, and there are giant redwood forests and migrating whales. There is supreme organization and ruthless destruction. Let me end today's podcast with an essay and a few lessons from nature. I washed my face with a Kleenex this morning. Strange as it sounds, this is one of the things I like best about outdoor living. Wiping my hands on a rock or on my shorts because they will inevitably get dirty anyway. I can farm her hanky, which I would never do at home. And if it's not exactly clean, I wipe it on my sleeve. I wear a hat or bandana because doing your hair out here would be ridiculous, and my only makeup is sunscreen. Of course, there's also the reflection of the sun on the water, the heat on my skin, the prickles across my legs on a cold night, the smell of campfire in the air, mesmerizing stars, and the utter chaos of nature itself. Deep in the marrow of my bones, I am connected to the land. It is something I could not remove even if I wanted to. Quality of life is dependent upon this tangible intangible for me. It is required for peace of soul like food and love. Sometimes it requires time to understand this type of connection, and some people never will. But for those of us who are drawn back to caress the face of the rock, to hold the trees against our own bodies, to give our sweat to the next ascent. Wilderness always calls us back. It is as if all that mattered so much before we came no longer matters when we are suddenly home. It is the beauty of nature in all its raw uncaring, its crazy chaos, its death and birth in the same place at the same time, its colorful palette of textures and colors, and the way that so much of what we try to recreate was first created here. Elizabeth Barrett Browning said, Earth is crammed with heaven. Amen to that. Riding in a hot air balloon over Park City, Utah, I got the unusual view of looking down upon a river. I studied its crazy path as it scooped, hooped, and meandered, forming odd mushroom spire shapes as it found the path of least resistance down the face of the land. We do that too sometimes. Man's general tendency to avoid pain, find the easiest way forward, and to minimize energy output affects our decisions, and we wind our way through life creating crazy designs with our life path. Thoreau said, It's not what you look at, but what you see. On some occasions, I see nothing but the river, the tree, the flowers, the stars, and the underbrush. They are nothing but what they are. 
At other times, I look at the shining mirror dimples the sun spreads across the surface of the water and hear the rumble as it runs toward the ocean, and I learn life lessons. After climbing the Grand Teton without stopping, one agonizing step at a time, I came to realize firsthand the oft-used metaphor that life is like climbing a mountain. When things get tough, you just keep lifting one foot after the other. Even if you have to use your hands and manually lift your leg, just keep moving. And pretty soon, you'll be sitting at the top, signing in at the register and looking at the sunrise and the view. The reward for the journey is not only the rich flow of life on the way up. It's not just the reward of the summit. It's also the things you learn about life, such as keep on trucking. And sometimes you have to wait it out in the rain. Then there's preparation is not overrated. And life is in a constant state of deconstruction and rebirth. These are all lessons I've learned on the mountain. Because of my time in nature, I have a healthy understanding and respect for it. It is perfect in its systems of growth, sustaining, regulating. If you carve out a path and don't maintain it, the plants will reclaim it. If you take some life form out of the food chain, out of the circle of life, you upset the whole. It doesn't matter how much you love nature. If you're out on a mountaintop caught in a storm, it'll kill you without remorse. It is a space of utter chaos and utter organization. Here's a thought. Our lives have these same aspects, moments of ruthless chaos, and days where you've got it under control. Nature is perfect in its brutality and beauty. I suspect life is also. And if today isn't the day that you can see the big picture, don't despair. Trust the process. Embrace the beautiful, horrible mess of your life and love your story. What's your other option? Thanks for tuning in today. Love to hear your thoughts and comments on today's podcast. Go to www.loveyourstorypodcast.com and share. This week's challenge is to choose one aspect of your life that is particularly messy and write a list of five reasons why it's okay. An exercise that may help is to determine one of the things or two of the things, three of the things that you are most grateful for in your life, three of your greatest blessings, and then step by step go backward into why you have that blessing in your life, what the events were that led to that. Almost always you find that it was something difficult or messy in your life that eventually brought you to one of your beloved blessings. Have fun telling your stories this week, and I'll see you back here next week on Love Your Story Podcast. Mm -hmm.